I don't get into politics all that much. I'm Rob Fay. Welcome back to On Point. But it is a story that is developing in the UK that I just cannot seem to take my eyes off of. We heard about the demise of Liz Truss, pardon me, in just 44 days in office. She could not deliver the government's mandate, so she was uh, willing to resign and did so just yesterday. And now we're finding out some who want to replace her. I mean, obviously, that's a pretty plum job. But if you were going to tell me who it was who would put his name to the forefront, I would question your sobriety. Because amongst the names of those that are kicking tires uh, with a little bit of momentum, believe it or not, is former Prime Minister Boris Johnson. I had to do a double take just to make sure that I got that right. But Garrett Martin, who was a senior professor lecturer at the School of International Services at American University down in Washington, D.C., kind enough to join me and break this one down. Garrett, good evening. And uh, am I really reading this right? Well, good evening, Rob. And yes, you are. I mean, it's a bizarre time in British politics, and it might get even weirder in the coming days if Boris Johnson gets a second act. It is not completely impossible, unfortunately. Well, you say unfortunately. I think there's a lot of you know people on the other side of the pond that might agree with you. How is this even possible? Like, maybe we could break this down structurally first before we get into the personality. Yes, sure. I, I think, first of all, you know, you have to keep in mind that the gravity of the situation. I mean, the fact that Liz Truss, you know, had to resign in after 44 days is in itself incredible. I mean, the idea that this would happen so quickly. I think the other element is the, the degree to which the Conservative Party is divided and really lacks a clear successor. And also, fundamentally, Boris Johnson remains very popular with some of the grassroots supporters. So I think that puts him in a position where he is certainly a viable candidate. I would also add the fact that he was able to deliver in 2019 such a large electoral victory does give him certain political capital among some of his colleagues. The numbers would suggest that it would be Rishi Sunak, who is the front runner right now. But you look at Boris Johnson. uh, Is this something that the Sunak camp would be worried about or is this just smoke and mirrors at this point? No, they absolutely should be worried because, you know, the, about 20 years ago, the Conservative Party changed the way that it selected its leader to not only have the members of the parliament vote at first to try and whittle down the list, but then to have the sort of paying dues members of the party uh, to make it more democratic to have a, a say. So if Boris Johnson is able to get the 100 MPs to allow him to be a candidate, so they really elevated the threshold, and if he is in a straight race with Rishi Sunak, I think there is a fairly strong chance that he could win in a vote amongst the members. So it is not a completely crazy idea that Boris Johnson could be back in Downing Street so soon after his really uh, shocking resignation a few months ago. What would that mean globally? Like, what would the, you know, from the people looking on the outside in, think of Britain if all of a sudden they went back to Boris Johnson? I think it would be a terrible blow for a variety of reasons. I think the first one is keep in mind that list trust was really brought down by the fact that the market did not buy a sort of wild proposal around large tax cuts. And you've got to imagine that the markets are not going to be impressed or reassured if Boris Johnson is back in office. You know, he did not exactly shine or show great uh, custodianship of the economy. So that's, I think, is a significant concern. How would markets and, you know, the international investors react to a second act of Boris Johnson. I think additionally, 
there's a, a significant cloud over Boris Johnson's political fate because he's still under investigation for having possibly breached major rules of parliament. And he could be expelled you know, from parliament in a couple of months' time. So you may have to call me back in two or three months because we need a new <laughs> British prime minister. So, you know, again, that, that's the, the gravity of the situation. And I think also for the wider British public, it would be viewed as complete cynicism. I mean, someone who had to resign in infamy only three months ago is now suddenly brought back into office. I mean, that would, you know, the optics of it would be, would be rather poor. Yeah, I'm noticing a poll here where 52% of Britons uh, would not like to have Boris Johnson back. But I would think that number should be in the 70s, 80s. I'm actually surprised that it's that balanced a number right now heading into the weekend. Um, And and another question, and we always talk about finances first when it comes to a leader. I want to talk about the safety of this region because obviously what's going on with Russia and everything that's going on across Europe right now, it's a very tense time to be on that side of the pond. Is that part of the reason that maybe the Conservatives want to get down to business here and try to put a face and a name back into Parliament? Because there's there's some things that need to be addressed in short term. Well, I do think, you know, to be fair, whoever becomes prime minister next week, I think there is continuity in terms of at least the policy towards Russia. I think the UK, to its, again, to its credit, has been a steadfast supporter. I think that the concern that I would have and other analysts is that the extent to which this sort of soap opera that we've seen in British politics in the last year, because, you know, it's been the, the past year between Partygate, when you had the revelations that Boris Johnson had breached rules over COVID restrictions, uh, his eventual resignation, the leadership uh, selection. It's all of that time has been taken away from dealing with more important challenges, whether Russia and Ukraine, whether uh, the, the story around the protests in front of the Chinese consulate in Manchester. Uh, that's my concern and the concern of others, is that basically the British government has not had the bandwidth to deal with more pressing challenges. That is the concern. Uh, another thing that I read today had uh, one of the strongest voices of support for Boris Johnson being Ukraine. Why would Ukraine have such a love affair with Boris Johnson? Well, I think if you remember, I, I'm, I'd have to double-check the dates, but I do remember Boris Johnson being one of the first major leaders to be in Keith. And he was very vocal in a very theatrical way that is appropriate for Boris Johnson, as someone who understands sort of the power of of media images. But Boris Johnson walking the streets of Kiev with Zelensky, I think, was a real sign for Ukrainians. So I think from that perspective, he certainly earned their support and, and their admiration. There was suggestion that he could be a, uh, a new generation Winston Churchill, if you remember, reclaimed his job back in the 50s after he lost that election in 45 different circumstances. But it's amazing that that's the comparable. Um, I do appreciate your time shining a little bit of light on this. I find it fascinating, almost a little surreal. But Mr. Martin, your insight is second to none, and I do appreciate you making time for me tonight. Thank you, Rob. Always a pleasure. Take care. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Garrett Martin, the lecturer at the School of International Service at American University in Washington, D.C. I find it unbelievable. I find it great. Like, try to put this into perspective. It would, just to localize it, it would be like Justin Trudeau resigning, the next guy bumbling it up for a month and a half, and then Justin Trudeau trying to get back into the scene again. I can't imagine that Britain is going to be down with that. 
Imagine Boris Johnson getting back into office, visiting the king, King Charles. Did you see the clip? Or maybe if you've listened. Have you listened to the clip of Liz Truss making her second visit to the majesty, the king? And I think the audio picks it up and he's like, oh, you're back again. <laughs> like, I laugh, but at the same time, it's a little heart-wrenching for sure. And uh, you know what? All of a sudden, the king sitting high up at his castle. So you have a visitor. Oh, yes. Who is it? It's Boris Johnson. What's he here for? Oh, he's the prime minister again. What? <laughs> Start scratching around his desk, looking for that big envelope opener to say, like, tell me this is an app. Remember when the uh, king, it was one of the first times he had to sign all the paperwork to, I guess, officially become the king. And there was this uh, clip online of him not knowing how to clear off the desk. So he looked for one of his subordinates or whatever you want to call them to come and help him out. He's like, come on, man, get these pencils out of here. I got like, come on, I got stuff to write here. And he just looked like so put off that somebody wasn't there to immediately clear the desk for him. I also remember, you know, it's not that I remember, but I just, I remember thinking to myself, I'm curious to know what kind of king King Charles will be. Because the one thing that I will say about Queen Elizabeth is you just, there was a connection with her. And I, and maybe it's because the only person I've ever seen of the, you know, the, was the queen in my whole lifetime. I don't know. I just, I, I find him a really interesting study. And I'm Rob Fay, and this is On Point.